0: Welcome to the Rhodes Church Podcast. We are so excited to connect with you. We hope that this podcast builds your faith and that you will be encouraged and inspired by this week's message. We're on our Family Matters series, and uh, we started this on Easter Sunday. And uh, we're going to finish it today. Today's going to be the last one. I think this is the part four of our Family Matters series. So in your worship guide, you should have some sermon notes there if you'd like to follow along. Or you can get on the YouVersion Bible app, and we have sermon notes available for you there as well if you'd like to use your Bible phone. But if you brought your Bible with you today, let's get them out. Let's open them up to Ephesians chapter (laughs) 2. Ephesians chapter 2, Family Matters. So thankful for all of our mothers today. Ephesians chapter 2. I want to start reading in verse 19. Ephesians 2, 19. Are you with me? Are you ready? All right. Verse 19 says this. Now therefore, you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and the members of the household of God, having been built on the foundation Of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone in whom the whole building being fit together grows into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also are being built. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm a process. (laughs) If they said amen real strong back to you, take it in love. It was positive. They're just believing with you. I'm a process. Together for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. Father, I just thank you for your word. I pray, Holy Spirit, you just bring it to life. I pray for revelation. I pray for clarity today that everything that you want to be said will be said. Everything that you want to be done will be done. I pray that heaven will come and your will will, will be done on earth just as it is in heaven. God, we thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. So in our Family Matters series, we started this originally talking about the family of God. Look there in verse 19. He says, you are saints and members of the household of God. I gave you the first week about three keys to being a member of the household of God, getting into there. You know, it's all about membership. And and the three O's I gave you that day were opportunity. It's made available to us. Being a part of the family of God is not possible unless God made it available for us through Jesus, gave us the opportunity. Then it was optional Because we understand that love requires a choice, so it's optional. We can either accept the gift of God through Jesus Christ, or we can reject the gift of God. It's totally up to us. That's true love where there is a choice. Then we went to open. We have to open our hearts to receive and accept what God has given us. So once we're a member of the house, then we talked about now we're in the house. Now in the house itself There's different roles within the house. There's different dynamics. And and we talked about how we can play these different roles depending on what stage of life we're in. I gave you three primary roles, and we talked about them the first couple weeks. The first one was the son or daughter role. This is how we are all sons or daughters of God. So every single one of us, even if you're the oldest person in your home, you are still a son or daughter of God. That's our primary role. We're all God's kids. He has no grandkids. So we're all sons and daughters of God. That was about dependency, making sure we're dependent on God. Number 2, we talked about last week the spouse role. This is about deference. Deference just means your willingness to defer to someone else to esteem others better than ourselves. We learned that success in a relationship in our marriage is about deferring to one another. And if we will get that right in a relationship with our spouse, we also need to defer to Jesus. We defer to his lordship. We defer to his will. So just like we're married to Jesus, we're the bride of Christ, we defer to God's will. We need to learn to defer to one another. If you didn't watch last week, if you're married and you uh, didn't watch last week's or you're not married, I had someone come up to me and said, this is going to be required viewing for all of my children before they get married. I just believe God has some great principles to share with us about marriage. So that was deference. Then today we're going to talk about the last one. The last role of the household is the parent role. This is about development. We're developing. Mother's Day is a great day to talk about parenting. Good mothers give so much to their children, everything that they need. I, I'm, I've been blessed with a, with a great mom. I remember when I was a young kid, it just just little, maybe somewhere in the eight or nine years old. I remember my mom, I you know, was practicing my pitching, and mom would actually get out and try to catch for me, and that was an adventure. You know, but she was doing her best, she trying to trying to catch, you know, no shin guard, she didn't have a face mask on, she's just out there, a mom with a glove. So I appreciate her. And then, then later on in life, my, my parents got a divorce, and I got introduced to a stepmom. And so stepmom was a great blessing who stepped into my life and added value to my life, was a resource into my life. And so I know I'm talking to step parents out here today and I just want to encourage all the step parents to see yourself because the key to that, she didn't try and replace my mom, she just stepped in with who she was to add value into my life. And I just want to encourage step parents, you just see yourself as someone stepping in to add value into their life. So what a blessing she's been to my life. And, and then as I saw uh, my, my wife and I, as we had kids, and saw her become a mother and, and, and have five children. What a great mother she's been. We talked about it last, last night. We were conversing and, and just how some days we feel like we're great parents, feel like we knock it out of the park. And some days we feel like we're just failing miserably as parents. Anybody relate to me? It's like you think some days that, yes, <laughs> I'm mom of the year. And then the next day you're like, I don't even know if I deserve to be a mom. You know, it's like we ride that roller coaster. But it's a great time to talk about the parenting role and because we know, we know this. If one thing I've understood and learned a little bit over, over the years, we've got a 19-year-old and a 5-year-old. And one thing I've learned is that parenting is a process. It's a process. So that's what we're going to talk about today is the, the process. Let's look at the first one, development The word develop means to create or produce, especially by deliberate deliberate effort over time to make active or promote the growth of. So here's the, the parent role. Whether you're a parent or whether you're single this morning, we all have this in common. This role is about creating or producing something and then growing and training it over time. So we are all supposed to be growing, producing, and developing things in our life. We're all going through that process, whether you want to look in the natural with a child or whether you look at it spiritually, and that's how we're going to apply it as well today, that we're all supposed to be creating and producing something in our walk with God, and we should be growing and developing something. So this is a process, and we got to remind ourselves it's a process. It's not an insta-flash. It's not a moment deal. It's something we do over time. So I'm going to give you three stages today, and we're going to break them down. Three stages of the development process. Number one is pregnancy. Number two, that's about preparation. Number two is the birth. To, that's about activation, or you could also use transition. Activation. So we've got pregnancy, we've got the birth, and then after that, the training. The training's about the direction. So I've given you three shuns for these steps. All right, the pregnancy stage, that's about preparation. Number two, the birth is about activation or transition. To the third, Training is about direction. Let's look at the first one. Pregnancy is about preparation. Now, in the natural, pregnancy begins when the sperm of a man and the egg of a woman come together. Now, I, I, did, I did some research on this, and then I, I started watching some videos. There were scientific videos on YouTube, and I, and I was watching this, and I, I, I found this one. About, it's about the, the amazing race of the sperm. And and we were, I'm watching this video and I'm just getting educated. And the other night we were laying in bed and I was I was telling Dawn and said, Hey, I want to tell you what I'm going to preach on. And so I started going through it. And this is the very first part. And I'm telling her what I learned and what happens and how this amazing race is like an obstacle course. And I'm like, It's 300 million, but only one wins out in the end. It's amazing what they go through and how how they persevere. It's awesome. She's like, Absolutely not. You are not talking about that, in church. You are not going into detail about that on Mother's Day. I I know, but it's just incredible what they do. It's like each and every one of us sitting here this morning, you're a winner. You're a winner, man. It's like you won a Tough mutter before you were ever even born. It's It's like, no, you know, you're not talking about it. I just thought it was incredible. You know, because some of you, maybe you don't understand this verb. it's male and female come from the male. So the male determines the gender of the child. You know, some of the archaic minds, they used to think, well, if this woman can't give me a boy, I'll find another one, when he was the one the whole time <laughs> determining. So what I thought about the, the pregnancy stage and the preparation, as I, as I watched that, and I, and I saw what was going on, and I, one thing I thought about is the beauty of the creativeness of the human body and the majestic detail that God put into the human body that I said, baby, let me describe it to the people so they can understand how great God is. She says, no, you are not doing it. So we won't go in detail on what happens. You can watch your own videos But I want you to know this about the pregnancy stage. It's about getting prepared. So I believe this, and this is not to cause political debate, but I believe the life of the child starts when the sperm and the egg come together. And 23 chromosomes meet 23 chromosomes, come together to make 46 unique chromosomes and its own individual DNA at that moment a child is created. So as we see that, this pregnancy stage, and understand what happens, I want you to look over to Mark chapter 4, because I want to give you the spiritual application for this, this preparation stage. A baby forms naturally and develops in the womb, but look at Mark chapter 4. This is Jesus talking in verse 13, and he said to them, do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? The sower sows the word. Note that, the sower sows the word, the word of God, the Bible. And these are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. Notice what happened. We have the seed is the word of God, the Bible. And then we have the heart is where the seed goes. So here's why I'm breaking this down. The womb of a woman is the God-designed place for life to form and develop. It's created that in that place a life could totally start to form and develop. That's the natural, the womb. In our spirit, we also have a womb, if you will, and that is our spirit or our heart. When the Bible says that the word is sown in our hearts, that word heart also could be used as our spirit being. For us to receive true life, for the word of God to come alive in us, it has to get in our spirit. The word will not come alive to me as an individual in my head. It will only come alive when it gets down into my womb, if you will, into my spirit. And there is where the word of God begins to come alive. And that's where you start to develop and prepare the promises of God. The promises of God in my head are wonderful, but they've got to make that drop. A promise in my head is a fact. But when it gets down into my spirit, that's when I know it for myself and it comes alive to me. And in that moment, I am pregnant with the promise of God. It's it's not just something I heard someone else say something about something. It's when I read the promises of God and I believe what it says, and it gets down into my heart and I say, Bam, that's mine. At that moment, I'm pregnant. I'm pregnant. With the word of God, with the promise of God. Just because I'm pregnant with it doesn't mean I see it yet. Just because you're pregnant in the natural, it doesn't mean we can hold him yet or hold her yet. Right? But you're still just as much pregnant. This, God prepares things. There's a reason that God prepares some things in private. When you're pregnant, God puts it in your womb and it stays there until it fully develops. It takes time for it to develop. This is why we've got to put God's promises in our heart and let them develop over time. Time is the great enemy of faith. It's the great enemy of faith because we, we get excited about it in the moment. But as time passes, we can get discouraged if we don't get to see it, feel it, and touch it. You know, we actually want, we want to be around it. We want to experience it. When's it going to be here? You say, well, it's coming. I'm expecting. What do we say when someone gets pregnant? They're expecting. You can hope for something. You can hope to be pregnant, but once you're actually pregnant, now you move from hoping to expecting. They say, we're expecting. We're expecting. Well, where's it at? We're expecting. Where in our hearts do we get the word of God, the promise of God in our hearts, where we move from hoping God will do it to being pregnant with it and expecting it to come to pass? That I'm expecting God to move. I'm expecting his promise to be fulfilled in my life. I'm expecting him to do what he said he's going to do. Well, when's he going to do it? I don't know. I'm expecting. You can give a due date. You can give a time when that baby's going to be born. You can put it out there and say it's probably our due date is this. But I don't remember off the top of my head. Maybe we should have consulted on this. We talked about several parts of this message because I want to run it by mama first. <laughs> But I don't remember how many of our kids were actually born on the due date. I know our first one was overdue by almost two weeks. Now, how many of those mothers, please help a brother out. (laughs) When it gets close to your due date, you are ready. You are ready. But we got to realize that sometimes when we're pregnant, it's not always going to go the way we want it to. See, because once you're expecting, what happens? Once you, be, once you know you're pregnant, all of a sudden you begin to change your thinking, your activities, and everything around the fact that you're expecting. You start to act differently. Moms are nodding their heads all over the place. See, you start All of a sudden, you used to go on roller coaster. Not today. <laughs> Why? Because I'm pregnant. Well, you don't look any different. I know, but I'm expecting something. So I'm going to change my behavior I'm gonna change what I do and don't do because I'm protecting. You, you feel me? You're talking. About, see, you're catching it. This when Revelation starts sparking up. Is I'm gonna protect what's on the inside of me because there's something there. You don't see it yet. You don't see it there, Mr. Ticket Man. But I'm not getting on that ride because <laughs> I got something. I'm not doing the loop de loop because I'm protecting what you can't see. I'm protecting what I can't see. I believe what's, and this is what I'm talking about being expecting the promises of God. That once we get the promise of God and we get pregnant with it, now I begin to change my life around what I'm expecting God to do. I change the way I talk. I change the way I act. I change who I hang around. Why? Because I'm expecting. I don't do what I used to do because I'm pregnant with something. I'm pregnant with the promise of God. You adjust your life around this. You got to expect what God's doing. So now, re- remember this: so pregnancy takes time. Pregnancy takes time. You know, when you first start out, you can still do most of the things, though. But as you go on further along, moms, you know, you start to get a little bigger. All of a sudden, it gets a little bigger, gets a little more uncomfortable. A little more uncomfortable. I remember with some of ours. You know, depending on what time of year you get, you know, pregnant in those summer months. Whew. Doggies, it gets uncomfortable. I'm just talking about from a viewing standpoint. I've just witnessed. I'm like, you know, you start getting a little bigger. You can't see your shoes. You can't tie tie your shoes anymore. It it gets inconvenient. Right? It gets inconvenient. But you don't, just because you get inconvenient, you don't stop carrying the baby. Even though it's uncomfortable, you don't stop carrying the baby. Here's what I'm telling you. Sometimes the promise of God that you're carrying in your heart, as it grows in you, it can get a little uncomfortable. It can get inconvenient. But I just come to tell somebody, carry that promise to full term. Don't abort the promise of God in your life. You keep carrying it until it's time to deliver. You will reap in due season if you faint not, the Bible says gets uncomfortable. So that's the first stage, talking about pregnancy. What are you pregnant with? Are you pregnant with a vision, a dream from God? Are you carrying something around on the inside of you, preparing something? Let's look at the second stage, the birth stage. This is the activation stage, transition stage. My wife, again, she's amazing. Birth five kids, and I asked her how much I could share. Because it's just amazing to me. I was in there for all of them. And uh, each one of them, it's just a, a miracle of God. The first one came out. I'm like, I can't fathom how someone can have one of these and still not believe there's a God. I, I just can't fathom that. But anyway, you know, you, whenever you go through that birth process, and our first one, you know, the birthing process is, is the next phase. You, you, now you're pregnant. Now you're ready to get rid of this thing. Now, now it's like I've been carrying this around, and it's time for you to come out, right? And so in that time, though, that's ready to come out, we had all kinds of stories with ours. You know, our first one, we had all kinds of false alarms. We're running to the hospital because we didn't know, you know, we didn't know how it worked. We're rookies. And so we go, and then we're sent back home, and, you know, the false alarm stuff. And then we go the first time, and it was all night for, for her to be able to deliver the baby. It was a tough process. By the second one, we thought, oh, we, okay, we got this. <laughs> we're not going to fall for none of that false alarm stuff. <laughs> we got this, right? We're educated, and so the problem is, if you're watching online or if you're listening to this, where we currently live is we're in a very rural area. And the challenge with living in a very rural area is that we're over an hour from the hospital. And although I would be a great midwife, I suggested, why don't I just, I've seen one, how hard can it be? So anyway, we thought we were going to wait, and man, we almost waited too long. I mean, we, all of a sudden, the second one decided to come. She started to come, and like, 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 come. And so we got to drive, and I'm flying. You know, I'm flying. A, a, if you know the area, I'm flying across the bridge, and we're we're going through. we so then a policeman pulls me over. I'm like, oh man, this is... so I hurry up and swerve, over, and I get out of the car, and he's like, hey, get, a, get you know, get. The... I was coming out because I was just trying to tell him what's up. He comes around to Dawn's side, she's sitting there. <laughs> and he's like, He's like, hey, okay, you want me to call you an ambulance? I'm like, no, we're good, just get out of the way. <laughs> Again, all police officers, we're thankful for you. It's not like we can have a big sign on saying my wife's having a baby, you know, so I get it. But I just, so that that, we made it there just barely in time for her to have the baby. And Then, then the fifth one, you know, I skip, We have, they're all great stories, but you don't have time for all my stories. <laughs> but the fifth one was the one that it was probably... You know this again about the birthing process. She said, "Hey, it's it's time." And the nurse was like, "No, I don't. I don't think we're quite ready." She said, "I know myself. It's time to push." And she said, "Well, we're. Let me go check. you will give you a few more minutes." And she's there. She's, she's telling me, "It's time. It's coming. It's coming." And I'm like, "Are you sure it's coming?" And so I, I look down. And I'm like, "Whoa! There's a head. Whoa! Whoa! Hey! Hey!" I'm no doctor, but that's not supposed to happen with just the three of us in the room. So I'm like, all right. I'm ready for this baby." No, I didn't. I went out the hall. I went out in the hallway and said, "Hey, I played a doctor on TV, but I'm not ready to have the baby right now. So So the birthing process, the thing about the birth is before right before the joy of experiencing your child is when you'll probably experience the most pain and pressure right before that so that's why this step is about the activation look at second corinthians chapter 4 i want to show you something here and i believe God will speak to us second corinthians chapter 4 maybe you maybe you've not having a baby, but I want you to hear something in these scriptures that might relate to you. Verse 7. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels. In earthen vessels. That the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. Now listen to this part. Maybe it, Does this sound like your life at any point? We are hard pressed on every side. The word hard pressed means to be crowded into a narrow space. Hemmed in to be squeezed. Pressure oppressing we are hard pressed on every side, yet not crushed. Yet not crushed. That crush means that in that exact pressure moment, but we are not without hope. He's encouraging us hey, you're gonna come into some pressure moments where it's gonna surround you with stress, pressure, but do not forget that you do not have, you're not without hope. You're not crushed. This is what Paul's saying. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Perplexed means to be at a loss, uncertain, anxious. Uh, In doubt and confusion, anybody ever felt like that? Anybody ever been in a situation where you're like, I'm at a loss on what to do? I'm confused, I'm anxious, I'm nervous, I'm filled with doubt, I got confusion going on, I'm uncertain in those moments that it's going to happen, but we're not in despair. That word despair just means that I'm still holding it together. I've got anxious moments, I've got some confusion, I've got some doubt, but I'm gonna keep holding it together come on, we're putting something together right here. He says, I'm forsaken means to be abandoned or left behind, been deserted, but I, but I'm sorry. Yes. I've been forsaken. Catch myself. Sorry. Persecuted. There we go. Persecuted. That's harassment and oppression, but not forsaken. So I'm going to be harassed. I'm going to be persecuted. I'm going to have oppression in my life, but I'm not going to be abandoned. I'm not going to be left hanging high or dry. God's going to be with me. I was young, and now I'm old, but I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor a seed begging bread. I'm going to go through some times under severe stress and anxiety and oppression, but God says, hey, I'm going to be with you every step of the way. Every step of the way. Then last we said, I've been struck down, but not destroyed. The word struck down means to be thrown down, to be hit, to suffer pain or injury, but I'm not destroyed. I'm not completely beyond repair. I'm not completely demolished. I still have some life left in me. This is what we're talking about. There's going to be times in our life, birthing is about being able to push through the opposition in life. There's going to be times where we're going to feel like we want to throw in the towel and quit. But I came to tell somebody to keep pushing through. When you're in that moment, and maybe you're a mother, I've heard stories about this. Mother's at that time, and the baby's coming. It's time to push. And she's like, I can't. I can't do it. I don't want to do it. It's like, okay, we're dilated. Let's go. We're ready. And she's like, no, I can't do it. I can only empathize as I've never experienced it personally. But it's something about understanding the pressure is the greatest. Those contractions, the pain, it's at its greatest level. Why? So you will push through it. The pain forces your body to push through that barrier and say, I will get this out. This is what God is saying. During the birthing stage in our life, there's going to be a promise on the inside of us. And sometimes to bring that treasure that is on the inside of us into our world, we're going to have to push through some opposition. You're going to have to push through some fear. You're going to have to push through some doubt. Push through some uncertainty. Push through some anxiety. Push through the voices in your head telling you you can't do it. Push through the voices telling you it's too big for you. Push through the voices that says you're not smart enough. You're not qualified enough. Push through those voices and let the promise of God come to pass in your life. But you got to push. you got to keep pushing through. Look at your name and say, just push through. Push through. Push through. This is the birthing stage. It's about activating. See, we cannot have the promise without a process. Let me say it again. We can't have the promise without a process. When I first got, when I first was raised in church, I heard very little about the promises and all about the process. So it's all about just get saved, accept Jesus as your Savior, and then go to heaven. And the process was just about hanging on until you get there. So I didn't hear much about the promises of God about the authority of, of, of the believer, about what God has for me. I didn't hear much about that. So when I first got, got into it and started learning the Word and reading the Word, I was soaking up the promises. I was like, <sighs> I want all the promises I can get. I want to know who I am in Christ. I want to know my identity. I, know when, I want to know what I have a right to. I want to soak up these promises. I want to know who God is to me. I want to learn all of this stuff. So I'm soaking up the promises, but there's two ditches we can get in. If we focus just on the promises and don't understand there's also a process, then when we are going through the process, we will get discouraged and forget about the promises. If we focus only on the process, we will wear ourselves out and walk less than what God has called us to walk in, in the promises. So here's how we put it together. In our walk with Jesus, and I'm, I'm trying to remind myself of this all the time, we are constantly walking in the process and the promises at the same time. In different areas of your life, there's going to be areas of your life where you're in process. And the birthing is about the process to get the promise to come to pass. So here's what I'm saying. There's two pictures you could take about the birthing situation. Two, if you capture the mother... If you catch, capture her seconds before the baby is born and take pictures of the mama at that point. And then you take pictures of the mama just after the baby's born and compare the pictures. Here's the difference. <laughs> Some of you are a little nervous. I'm nervous and I'm, done. I'm going to tell the story. But you know, right before, right before it's You know, and, and Dawn's tough and she was just a trooper she, she's real, kind of stoic so she's not ah! you don't do anything like that but, but she's intense I'm talking about when the contractions are hitting is this too plain for somebody but, here, but then afterwards here's, afterwards it's like oh <laughs> well, it's a picture of my life It's a picture of your life because there's some areas of your life right now you're like this and there's some areas you're like this and we've got to learn to not let these moments rob us of the joy of these moments because what will happen if we're not careful? God will bring these moments into our life and we will overlook them because we're focused on these I know, but there are so many areas of my life where I'm walking in victory and promise, and God's blessing me, and it is phenomenal. I'm so thankful, but I've still got areas that are in process. I'm still working on it, it's still walking it out. So, the birthing is about willing to realize the dynamic of. I'm in process in this area, but and I'm gonna. God's bringing me through. He's gonna help me. He's working out the details. I'm not there yet, but I'm getting there. But I'm gonna keep encouraging myself with the promises that I've already seen. If you find yourself stuck in the process and the discouragement of the process, what's going on in your life, take a few moments to think back and say, God, let me remind me of your promises that I've already seen come to pass. David did this with the Goliath. He said, Hey, I can overcome this Goliath because just like the lion and the bear, he went down memory lane. He said, I remember. You remember that time that lion came out, tried to steal that lamb? I chased him down, grabbed him by the nape of the neck, and just tore that thing right out of his mouth. Ah! What was he doing? He was encouraging himself. He was remembering these moments. He's got the head of the bear. and He said, just like I held the head of the bear, I'm going to hold the head of this Goliath. So whatever situation you're in right now, I want to encourage you. Go back and get your lion and bear moments and remember your photo album. And take those photos and stick them in the devil's face today and say, you too will go down just like these guys did. It's the birthing process. It's a process. So now let's look at the last one. we got to push through. Last step is training. The training stage. Proverbs 22.6. This is about direction. 22.6 mm. says this. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he's old he will not depart from it. You know, it's not over just because you give birth to something. Just because you had that baby, you're not done with that baby. What happens? The pregnancy, you made it through the pregnancy. That was a great job. You made it through the birthing. Now what? Now the real work begins. Now it's time to give them direction. Here's what the word train means. Look what it says. This Remember, it says train up your child. The word train means to develop a person's behavior by instruction and practice, to narrow the focus, to begin to decrease the scope or sphere. It says if you'll train up your child in the way they should go when they're old, they will not depart from it. Here's a promise. Parents, if we'll train up our kids when they're old, they will not depart from it. They will not change direction. They will not leave the set course or path. Training. Requires giving direction, giving direction, intentionality. It's purposeful. When you hire a physical trainer, you don't hire a physical trainer to tell you what you want to hear. You you don't hire your trainer to be your best buddy. You hire that trainer to get in your face and say, Listen, I saw you eat a donut at church on Sunday. I know they handed you out a cupcake at that church down there. So you get on that bike and you ride until I tell you to get off of it. You want your trainer to challenge you to do more than you think you can do. You want your trainer to give you direction to say this is what we're going to work on today. So I hope you're ready. I hope you stretched out. Because we're going to work your glutes, we're going to work your delts, we're going to work your hammies, we're going to work all of your body. And when you get out, you're going to be crawling out of here. Well, I don't know that I like that. I didn't ask you if you like it. Well, guess what? This is what it says to do to our kids. Train them up in the way they should go. It did not say ask them if they like what you're telling them. It says train them. Train them. Get in their face and say, This is what we're gonna do, whether you like it or not, in the love of God. Right? I'm not saying be harsh. I'm just saying, I'm trusting that trainer knows more than I do. So I'm gonna do what he or she tells me to do to get the results that I wanna get. So, parents, train your kids, develop them, give them direction. Don't try and be their best friends. I'm all for being close with my kids. I'm all all for being their friends. But I'm also going to draw the line and say, listen, I'm going to tell you what you need to know versus what you want to know. And if there's a season in life where you don't like me very much, it's not because I don't love you. I'm going to train you, train you, train you. So just after you put the promise of God, birth it out of your heart and start doing what God's called you to do. Get ready for the training. Here's the last part of the process. This is the hardest part just because you start walking in what god has for you don't think that's when it gets easy that's when you start the training that's when you got to work it i'm in church now so everything's going to go smoothly no 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 now you start the training i just gave my life to jesus everything should get get easier no, no, no. it gets harder because we got to work off that excess weight hebrews says to lay aside all the sins and all the weight's that'll so easily beset us, so we're gonna run our race. I wanna be a lean, mean, Jesus-following machine. So here's what God told me to tell you today. I believe that all of us are in one of these stages in different areas of our life. So I'm talking to someone right now in the pregnancy stage. Because what happens in our walk with God in the natural, infertility is a real issue. 10% of women and men deal with infertility in some form or fashion. Spiritually, people are dealing with infertility because what happens? Maybe they had a miscarriage spiritually. Something didn't happen the way they wouldn't have. They they weren't able to give birth to the promise. It didn't come out the way they wanted it to come out. And so because of that, they're reserved and don't want to believe that they can get pregnant again with another promise from God. But God told me to tell you, keep trying. Go back to it again. God's promises, he's faithful. Yes and amen. Well, what about this time? I don't know what happened. I don't know all the details of that, but I'm just encouraging somebody, it's time to get pregnant with the promise again. It's time to get pregnant with the promises of God. What God's told you. What has God put in your heart? You got to get it down in there and let it start to grow and develop. Secondly, some of you in the birthing stage, and the pressure is building. It's like (sighs) pain surrounding you, tense pressure, issues, problems. God says, be careful. Don't stop pushing just because the pressure goes up. Don't stop pushing. Some of you need to push through right now. Push through fears. Push, push through confusion. Push through adversity. Push through opposition. You need to keep pushing. We need to sometimes get some pushy people that's willing to push through what the enemy's trying to throw our way to see the promises of God come to pass in our lives. And do I have anybody that's willing to get a little pushy to see the treasure that's on the inside of them get released into their life? You're going to have to be pushy. You have to push through the opposition. Then lastly, training. Training's a little mundane. Training takes discipline. Training takes direction. Training takes diligence. Training is doing it when you're tired. When you don't want to do it, you got to keep training to see the promise of God come to pass. Thank you for listening to this week's message. If you enjoy this podcast and would like to give, please visit us at theroads.church. To stay connected, follow us on Facebook and Instagram. You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel to watch our latest sermons.